you have an extra copy of the song? No, you guys are fine. I forgot. Oh, sure. Make sure there's plenty of them. They might have to. Otherwise, that's all you'll hear. <laughs> we should put it in the back so the, the, you can hear the boys. Back a little for me. Quit throwing things. Wait for Santa. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, choir. Thanks, Fred, Diane, everybody that helped. Well, here we are to the last Ego Ami. I am the the way, the truth, and the life. I thought about this direction thing that Jesus is talking about here, and I remembered, uh, I remembered it all week, 49 years ago. Uh, we lived in Minerva, Ohio. Do you, anybody know Minerva, Ohio? It's not far from here, about an hour and a half dead east and a little south. Um, I said to Phyllis at the 1st of June, I said, let's go to Florida. Now, I don't care where you're at in Ohio, but just east of us, you still got to head south to go to Florida, right? So back in those days, there wasn't as quite as many highways or everything. And I said to Phyllis Ann when we got in the car, 
she should have known by then. You know, she's six months into this relationship. She should have known by then, but she didn't. I said to her, I said, I know a shortcut to Florida. Are you ready, Pat? <laughs> so we drove for four hours, and we saw the first sign that we saw of a big city. It said, Erie, Pennsylvania, next exit. Now, anybody know where Erie, Pennsylvania is? From Florida, it's a little bit north. Well, we drove all day on that first day, and we made it just north of Pittsburgh before we stopped. <laughs> we weren't yet south, but we were headed that way. Phyllis understood her excitement. You know, she's, sometimes her and her, her son, are, or you have to t- slap them to see if they're awake. And uh, her excitement when she saw the Erie, Pennsylvania sign, she looked over at me and she said, shouldn't we go south soon? Hmm. Well, I read this... Um, debate because uh, this survey um, because no matter how concerned we are people are still concerned about eternity still asking questions of how do we get there where do we go what's the chances and um, Barna and that group of uh, people took a thousand people and just asked them who they thought would be people that they would think would make it to heaven so they gave him a bunch of political and famous names. And um, the top one that won the most was, of course, uh, Mother Teresa. She got 79% of the, of the thousand people said she'd make it to heaven. The second one in, in line, anybody have a guess who the second one might be? Famous people? You get a car. And you get a car. And you get a car. <laughs> Oprah. Yeah, Oprah was second. She got 66% of the votes. If I, she gave me a car, I'd say yeah. Michael Jordan was 65%. I won't give them all to you. Princess Diana made it. She had 60% of the people thought she's in heaven. I have no, I have no, I don't know. Oh, here's a good one. Hillary Clinton made it. Yeah. And I suppose the surprise of all was Pat Robinson only made it 47%. Poor guy. You know, he made one mistake and he's still paying for it. Um, it was really funny. Though, but, and then the last question was, do you think you'll make it to heaven? And of the 1,000 people, 87% of them said yes. So they made the top list. It's really strange when we think about that, these polls and everything. Um, and we think we have the answer, but God has the answer. Here's a couple scriptures for you, and both of them are in, in Romans chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 20 says, No one can be made right with God just by keeping rules. I like that. And then on down in 322, God makes anyone right with himself through a person's faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, I thought about that, and I thought, Ma'am, we are worried about how we get to heaven, so we have our ways uh, and and uh, political ways and religious ways. But I need you to know, our ways don't make it. Our ways don't make it. It's God's way and his way only. We're talking about Romans chapter 14. But you have to go back to um, Romans 13 if you want to in your Bibles, if you have them open at uh, home or here. And in Romans 13, um, verse 34 and 35, it goes like this. Um, 
Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. I want you to love one another. Now, here's how I want you to do this. I want you to love people the way that I've loved you. And then if you do that, if you can do that, people will know that you are my disciple. And then he lets Peter uh, have it one more time. He says, Peter, you can't go with me. And Peter says, I'll go with you wherever you go. And he says, no, you're going to deny me. Don't worry about it. And then in chapter 14, he comes along and he says, in all the chaos that these disciples and the people around him are going through because he's told them he's leaving, he's dying. And, um, and he comes to him in chapter 14 and he says this, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Look at it there. You trust in God? He says, trust also in me. And here on Trinity Sunday, that's what I'm talking about. Jesus and God are the same, but they're different in the Holy Spirit. For in my father's house, he says, in my dad's house, there's a lot of mansions, there's a lot of rooms, and I'm going there to prepare one for you. And when I go do that, trust me, I'm going to come back. When your room is done, I'm going to come back and get you and take you with me. And then he says the famous words, and you know, you know the way. Oh, oh, he says, he's looking at his friends who have been with him for three years. I've seen him do all this miraculous stuff that we saw in, in chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. You know, we, we saw that, that, that there's a book that can't even hold all that he did. These guys saw it, and he said, you know the way. And they looked at him and said, Thomas, remember? Thomas, the one that was speaking for everybody and for himself? No, we don't know the way. We don't know the way, and we don't know how to get there. And praise God, Jesus says, here's our scripture today. Jesus says to him and to us this day, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen? My friends, this is God's word for all of his people. Mm. I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> Ever since uh, we've had the fall in the garden, um, we've been separated from God. We've been deceived. And we've become dead in our sins. <laughs> we are separated from God, aren't we? But Jesus is the way for that reconciliation. We have been deceived by the principalities and powers of this world but Jesus says, I am the truth of the revelation you need. And then we have become dead in our sin. And Jesus says, I am the life of regeneration for you. I will take this on for you. With one divine dogmatic statement, he ticked off everybody around him. And there was nobody that uh, wanted to see him continue this, this heresy that he was proclaiming. And that's why that night they arrested him and put him on that terrible cross to die for your sins and my sins. Now in your notes, if you want to write this down three times, G-O-D, God. Write that down three times. I'm going to give you and leave some room if you want to take notes. But God, I, I thought about that all week and, and um, a week before and especially this, this Trinity Sunday. I thought about God being that person that can help us understand this more. So when Jesus says this, I'm going to go through those statements just real quick. He says to us, He is the one who guides our destiny. God guides our destiny. 
You see that? He's the one that guides our destiny. He says, I am the way. I am the way. Jesus, Jesus said to you and I that it's a person that gets us there. Not a principle. Not a practice. Not a philosophy. It's a person called Jesus Christ. He said you can take the golden rule. Now think about this. All the people around him, think about it. And even people today, even people today who carry around their discipline or their uh, whatever other thing they're holding on to, but not God's word. You can take that golden rule, that Ten Commandments, your church, uh, your Bible study, uh, your prayer time. Uh, If you haven't been watching the prayers uh, um, on the pre-service loop, um, the last four Sundays, you should go back and watch them. They're, they're just powerful, what they say to us. You, you can take what you give, your charity, your clean living, and put it all together. And it wouldn't put in one, book, one brick on the way to heaven. It's not all that we do. This is the only religion that isn't about what we do to get there. It's what Jesus did to get us there. Amen? You guys all with me? We're going to get excited here this morning, so hang on, okay? Jesus is that highway. Um, and we need to hear it in Proverbs, it's 14, chapter 14, verse 12. Look it up when you get home. There is a way that seems right. There is a way that seems right to us, but that way ends in death. God is always letting us know. <laughs> I remember the story, of, it's a hillbilly story. He walked up to this guy and he said, is that the only road to, is that the best road to Parsons? And the guy, he looked at him and he said, no, it's the only road. <laughs> Isn't that great? I want to tell you, Jesus is not a good way to heaven, my friends. He's not a good way. He's not a better way. He's not even the best way to get to heaven. I'm going to tell you that right now. He's the only way to get there. Amen? You have to buy into that today or you're in a lot of trouble with me. And that's okay. Praise God. <laughs> um, Jesus is that plumb plum line for us. His he is the word that counts and the, and the place that we should be putting all of our hope into. He is the one who guides our direction, number two. He, uh, he is the one who guards our doctrine. You get that? God guards our doctrine. Um, it's, it's an amazing thing that today we're more concerned about education and information and knowledge than we are about knowing we spend more time on our computers um, finding out things of, of um, places we should go and what we should do, finding out that education. And we, we spend more time believing all the information, the technology that we get. And we seek that knowledge that will help us understand. I mean, you can type in anything. I put in, uh, uh, I put in yesterday, what happens if my blood pressure goes too low? No, no, the reason I did that is because I called Colleen up. And I said, Colleen, my blood pressure is way low. Way low. At that time, it was 88, I think it was. One of the fills went to 88 or 89. I kept taking it every five seconds, you know. And, and the, reason I, the reason it was real low is because I took Phyllis Ann's pills. Yeah. Boy, did I get a lecture. Now you touch those pills again. <laughs> I, I searched it real quick to make sure everything was okay. And you know what it said to me? Call 911. <laughs> I said, oh, I'm not calling 911. 
Phyllis Ann said she was going to, and I said, no, I'm feeling good. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I started recovering, and everything was fine. Uh, Colleen told me what to do, pee a lot. Yeah, She told me to drink a lot of water, and I did. And my goodness, I was running to the bathroom. What we need to understand and when, when we say that God guards our, our, um, our um, doctrine is that we can't separate Christ from his word, this word. Schofield once said, Christianity is the religion of a divine person and of a divine book. And the person and the book are inseparable. Some there are in every age who endeavor to divorce Christ from the word, his Bible. But apart from the Bible, we should know nothing but Christ. And apart from Christ, we should never understand the Bible. Without him, we can't understand his word. With him, we can grasp it. If you want to find the truth, come to the Bible. If you want to know the truth, come to Jesus. Amen? Let me give you the third one. God guides our direction. God guards our, our doctrine. And God g- gives our power to us, our dynamite I put down. I am the life, he says. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundant than you can ever imagine. That's in John 10, 10. I've come to the conclusion in my feeble mind that there are three types of people in this world. Some who have no purpose whatsoever. You know, they just go to work. I've seen it happen at Timken when I worked there. People would work their whole lives, and as soon as they were done, they would die. That's all they did was work and take care of everything and then die. There are people that not only don't have a purpose, there are people that have the wrong purpose, the wrong purpose in life. They're trying to get by and, and walk over whoever and whenever they want to, anybody. And then there's that person that has it, the right purpose because they found the only person who can make that happen who can give years to your life and life to your years amen Mm. I'll tell you you'll never find the right purpose in our lives we'll never find it without Christ without Christ we will be one of the other two having no purpose or having the wrong person I say that boldly because it's, we need to understand that you can have religion without Christ. I hope you know that you can, you can be a Buddhist without ever literally reading anything he read or ever meeting him or, or desiring to be meeting him. You can be a Muslim without knowing Muhammad. You can be a Confucianist without knowing, <laughs> without knowing, oh my goodness, Confucius. But I want to share this with you. You cannot be a disciple of Christ without knowing him. That's the difference, my friends. That's the difference. Um, Philip Brooks, one of the great theologians of our day, was asked one time, is it necessary to have a personal experience with Christ in order to be a Christian? And this great preacher looked at his questionnaire and said, my friend, a a personal experience is nothing more than what Christianity in Christ is. Amen? It's not about knowing about Jesus Christ. God gives us our 
our dynamite, our power, our, our authority because we know he is the way. When he said, I am the way, he answered the question how to be saved. When he said, I am the truth, he answered the question that I know how I am sure. You read First John. It's all about gnosko, knowing that you know that you know. I, and when he says, I am the life, he answered that question, how can I be satisfied in this world? By knowing Jesus and knowing him only. He is the one who guides our directions. He is the one who guards our doctrine. He is the one who, who um, gives us our dynamite. And then lastly, he is the one who governs our destiny. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And you wouldn't believe how many people, how many doctrines and how many churches and how many pastors and how many parishioners, how many people who know Jesus Christ put an addendum there and say, yeah, I have to go to church. No, it doesn't say that. I have to do this and I have to do that. No, it doesn't say that, does it? It doesn't say that. All you have to do is believe in Jesus. But, but they're not going to heaven because they didn't. Well, I'm glad I don't know their heart. I don't know Oprah's heart. Amen? Only one person does. I don't know, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? The evangelist that I mentioned? You know what I mean. I don't know his heart. He knows it. My goodness. No one comes to the Father except through me. That statement sounds narrow. And I want you to know, the reason it sounds narrow is because it is narrow. It sounds dogmatic. Simply because it is dogmatic, my friends. It, ex- it sounds exclusive, that you, you have to know Jesus or you're out. And I'm sorry, the answer is yes. That's right, it is. Let me make myself and you very plain how I feel about this. If you believe that there's another way to God then you're calling God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit a liar. A fake. Let me just make one more more thought on that. If you believe there's any other way to God, anyone, anything, then that person is a liar, a fake, and a fraud. Because, my friends, there is no other way to Christ. We need to look at Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There's no other name under heaven given to God's creation, you and I, whereby we can be saved. No other way. No other way. Let me just say it point blank. In our religion, our faith, our doctrine, my belief is you cannot get to heaven without Christ. No other way. No other way. Everybody's talking about everybody's okay. We're not okay. Listen. Listen, I'm going to die one day, amen? I think it's 100% right now. Everybody's going to die. I'm going to die one day, and I'm going to stand at the pearly gates. And St. Peter's going to meet me there, and he's going to have one defining question, and that's it. He's not going to hem-haul around and talk to me about everything. He's just going to ask me, why should I let you into God's kingdom? You get that? And I hate to tell you this, but he's going to ask you that same question. But he's, I'm going to just talk about Floyd because I know him, all right? And I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for him. I'm not responsible for you. I'm responsible to you, but not for you. He's going to say, why should I let you into God's kingdom? 
And as soon as he says that, magically, a bulletin board pops up, a blackboard, and on top of it, it says you need 10,000 points to get in. Well, right away, I know I'm in trouble. But I have some good qualities. Phyllis Ann could have married anybody in this world that God created, but she married me. That's worth at least twenty or 30,000 points. So Peter turns around and he marks down a thousand points. I'm thinking, no, no, I got more for that. And then I said, well, I became a pastor. I did everything that you wanted me to do. And he turns around and he writes down a hundred points. And then as he's doing that, he reminds me, he says, but didn't you one time put the church over your wife? And I, I said, yeah, I did that like three or four times. He said, okay. So then he went up there and erased and, and um, put down um, not faithful to his family and he put down minus 20,000. And I thought, oh my, things aren't good here. I said, but I love my kids the best way I could. And he gave me another 1,000 points, you know. And after a couple of days of being there, after a couple of days of me telling him all the things that I did good and him reminding me of all the things that I didn't do good, I was still in the negative And I looked at St. Peter, and I said, my goodness, if it wasn't simply for the grace of God, no one would get in here. And he reached over for the door handle, and he said, yep, come on in. You see what I'm saying, friends? It's like these four prayers that we've been putting up. The guy is sharing with us comedically these prayers, but they're not funny. And the problem of it is they're like all of us in some way or some form. I want to share with you this morning that if you don't know Christ, you should solve that problem and ask him to come into your life. Because Jesus said, I'm coming back to get you. And who's he coming back to get? Everybody? No, I'm sorry, he's not. Only those who know him. Not know about him, but know him. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He looked at Thomas I don't know if his heart was breaking again when he looked at Thomas and said, my goodness, you've listened to this all of your life. You've been in Sunday school. You've been in church. You've been with me. You've seen the the miraculous things I've done, and you still don't know the way? Well, let let me clarify. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Amen? Let's pray together. Wow, Lord. What a crazy statement that is. And as much as it stirs our heart, I imagine it stirred all the hearts around you at that time when you said it. But thank you today for saying that to us. To help us clarify our hearts and to make sure that we're not depending on the things that we've done, but resting our eternity in the things that you have done in your Son for each and every one of us. Help us, Lord God. If we don't know you, help us to accept that truth in our heart today, that way, and that life. Help us to solve that problem about knowing about you and knowing you and trusting you. We pray that in your son's name today, whether we're at home, on the parking lot, or sitting right here.
We pray that in your son's name and for his glory today. And all of God's children said, Amen. You know what? Um, I tried to put some words with them, a song that Fred sang. As we sing this song, if you want to come up to the altar for any reason whatsoever, it's open. Come and pray. Come and ask God to touch your heart, whatever it may be. Um, let's stand and sing this song together, okay? Uh, and um, it's a closing song. It's a short one, but uh, grab a hold of it.